I mean, first of all, thanks for choosing us over Lizzo. This is all about to see what you can and can't do. And uh, when you compete in our league, it'll tell you. And we are back with the 920 Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Quentin, joined by my trusted colleague, Bill Monitz of The Battery is Complete. We have just wrapped up the first weekend series at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Uh, the Vols run rule Albany 12 to nothing here on Sunday. Uh, we were hoping to get an update on A.J. Russell. Um, he was pulled from that outing on Friday night, uh, Saturday night. Tony said that we would hope to have an update today. Didn't get much of one. Uh, Tony said something to the effect of we'll know more and that uh, maybe he misses next weekend or something like that, but we will know more as the week goes on. So a lot of ambiguity there. So, but it it certainly sounds like the Vols are and Tony Botello preparing uh, to be without A.J. Russell uh, perhaps this coming weekend. Um, so we'll see on that. Bill, what are your thoughts uh, on A.J., on that situation, and the the weekend in general? We saw we saw a lot of these bats come alive with Robin Villeneuve and, and Dalton Bargo. Obviously, uh, losing A.J. Russell for any period of time hurts. You know, hopefully it is a short-term thing, you know, and, you know, Tony has to be careful at this point, and uh, you know, he doesn't want to say too much, but he feels like he needs to say enough. So, you know, the fact that it hasn't been determined that it is a more serious injury at this point, I would take that as good news. So, yeah, obviously, it's tough to to lose him. Now, my thoughts on the weekend: a couple of things came to mind watching the games this weekend. You know, first of all, this team has a lot of new arms on it. Obviously, lost. 10 arms from last year, so has a lot of new arms on it. Saw a lot of good things from those guys, but, you know, we've been so accustomed to, to seeing such great pitching, especially starting pitching the last several years. This team's going to be a di- going to be a little different. You know, we're not, we're not going to go into a game knowing that we're going to get, you know, shut out or uh, give up only a couple of runs. We're going to give up some runs. So, that this Tennessee team is going to be more offensive. We're going to see more 12-7 type games uh, this year, in my opinion. And, and you know, whatever it takes to win those games. But but the young pitchers have a lot of potential there. Saw some good arms this weekend. Uh, just going to take them some time to uh, to get a little uh, – get some innings under the belt and get more comfortable on the mound. Yeah, and today uh, some of the, the arms were – that we've been wanting to see more of, and, and perhaps I'll throw Xander out there, the, the starter for Sunday's game. You know, we were looking for a bounce back from him from that start last weekend. I threw him out as a as an option to still start today just because it, it would be his first weekend start at Lindsey Nelson. Uh, turned out to be the case, but it was a brief outing. Um, he threw two pitches, tw- or excuse me, two innings on 23 pitches, 15 strikes, uh, three strikeouts, and then gave way to Nate Sneed. He impressed me today. Uh, he also threw 23 pitches, had a short hook, uh, three three strikeouts as well for him, 17 uh, strikes. And for him, uh, he was actually in the uh, postgame presser. Uh, he and Tony Vitello both said the key for him is mixing in that off speed, and that's what looks so good today. That's what he's working on uh, because the velocity that he throws – 
uh, with that fastball. Uh, if he can get that pitch mix down and, and some good command, he's going to be a dynamic arm for the Vols. And I'd be remiss not to mention that the season the season is officially started now that Kirby Cannell has gotten his one out. <laughs> another another ho-hum outing. He comes in, throws a couple of pitches, goes sits down for the rest of the game, and does his job. It, but you know what you've got in Kirby Cannell. Of course, he missed the uh, the first seven games with a, a, a little bit of a – fighting a little bit of an injury, but nothing serious. But, yeah, he, he looked like Kirby Cannell today, and you know what you're going to get from Kirby. Yeah, I think uh, Xander was teasing him today. They, they were teasing each other. They actually uh, – you know, they got in on the post-game scrum a little bit. Uh, Tony normally tries to keep those two away from the microphone, but uh, today the opportunity presented itself, and uh, Xander was teasing Kirby about, uh, you know, the glove that, uh, you know, I think, who was it? Chris Stamos had to use Kirby's glove. Of course, Kirby today logged that one out, so – He's got four outs on the year and uh, just point just point one innings. Hmm. <laughs> so he, the the magic of of Kirby's glove, but uh, in terms of the other pitchers, uh, you hit on it, Bill. Uh, that the AJ Russell situation is key, but even though it's one guy, it's one of the guys that uh, is slated to start on the weekends along with Drew Beam. Knowing that that Sunday spot is open, uh, guys were already trying to battle for that, seeing if they could find an option there. And if you're without AJ, uh, it just it's a trickle down effect. It becomes two spots that uh, even more guys are gonna gonna have to fight for. So, don't know what that would look like. I would I would guess that perhaps the AJ situation may have affected the pitching usage today. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, the short hook with Seacrest and Sneed. Um, and obviously, uh, they like to see Binky out there. Uh, Tony was, you know, very vocal in, in what he saw from Binky. Loved what he he presented today in terms of his presence. Uh, Schaefer uh, ended the game. He he logged one inning, uh, struck out in a walk there in 18 pitches. Uh, Marcus Phillips was originally supposed to throw today, but I think Tony said that uh, perhaps that Phillips uh, told some guys a little sore, so they decided not to go that route. Phillips was getting active in the bullpen, kind of loosening up, stretching out, but ultimately uh, put him on hold till perhaps the midweek. Maybe we see – I expect to see Matthew Dallas in that start against High Point, uh, and maybe Phillips can back him, and then after that you can kind of fill in the spots as you need. Because going into Bowling Green, if AJ's not available, uh, does Drew Beam slide to Friday night? Uh, does Good question, he, yeah. Yeah, so – and that would open the door for Seacrest and Sneed starting. Maybe AJ Kazi make, makes a start. Uh, you know, is one game kind of a bullpen game? What – you know, it, it creates all kinds of – of a dynamic there if, if AJ doesn't go. And at this point I wouldn't, I would not expect him to go next weekend. Um, But like, like Tony said, we'll find out more as the week goes on. But, but going back to AJ, the silver lining is we're still a month away from conference play. Yeah. So if if it's not anything that's serious, he's got plenty of time to, uh, to get ready to, 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 to to treat and heal and be ready for that uh, conference opening series at Alabama. 
How about these bats, Bill? Uh, we saw a bit of a different outfield the past couple of games, and uh, Robin Villanev uh, really got to get some run, and he looked fantastic. Uh, he came into Sunday's contest five for nine. Three RBIs, that monster homer to dead center over the batter's eye on Saturday. Uh, he follows that up with a two for three day. He got on base four times. Uh, he had <laughs> drove in three more runs. Uh, the guy just looks fantastic. It, it's a bat that Tony said before the season was going to be hard to keep out of the lineup. After this weekend, you, you got to keep running him out there. And then Dalton Bargo. Uh, he had a two for three day as well. Um, and he looks good. And by the way, he was in right field today. They moved KT to center. And, uh, you know, Tony said today about Bargo that as far as him playing the corner out there in the field, Tony had never told him to go out there in terms of practice and, and getting practice reps in that spot. He said the guy just went out there, started shagging BP one day. And that's how that came about Tony was he, like he got, he got bored he got bored and went out in the outfield and yeah. actually looks pretty good out there but but you I think you hit on it and we kind of we talked about it on the, in the beginning of the podcast here this is this team's going to have to score runs so if you don't swing the bat you're not going to be on the field with this team because they they need as many runs as they can get because they're going to have to make up for maybe some I'm not going to say pitching deficiencies because we've been so good the last few, the last several years, but you know, not the dominant pitching that we've seen. They're going to have to score more runs, and uh, you know, tears in center field. I thought he looked looked comfortable out there, made some plays, ran down a couple of balls. So you know, I have no no problem at all putting tears in center field and and getting those bats there. And and that's not to write off uh, you know write off Inslee. He's going to play, you know, but just a matter of. Yeah. To, uh, what the best lineup is for a given night against a given pitcher. Yeah, it's uh, nothing is set in stone, but you're, it feels like we're starting to see at least those those bats on down the lineup uh, that we were unsure about. Uh, Villeneuve starting to solidify, solidify himself in the lineup. Where does that mean in the field? Don't quite know yet because obviously Dylan Dryling. Uh, had the day off, and you know that's a guy that's going to be in the lineup. Um, it, it's a good is. problem to have. <laughs> it, it is, it is. But uh, you know the you know the, the big thing I think we came out of this weekend from that standpoint is you know there are four five guys that can play those outfield spots and and uh, and be productive uh, at the plate and play well in the outfield. So yeah, great shape in the outfield. Yeah, Reese Chapman got his first hit, although still. Uh, still waiting to really get some run from him, but it's yeah, it's been Villeneuve and Bargo sort of, uh, you know, forcing their way offensively into the lineup and ultimately onto the field. Um, and, and I think you mentioned Inslee. I think he's a guy, a, a, a quote unquote veteran, so to speak. He's right. been in the program a long time, and he's kind of plug and play. And I think he's built for this situation, whether he starts or he doesn't. Uh, we've seen him moved around the lineup in many spots. Uh, I think he's built to kind of deal with whatever nuance comes about with this new Tennessee lineup. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving what we see. I really like the lineup the past two days. You mentioned Kavar's tears in center field look comfortable. Yeah. And, and yeah. Tony, Tony flat out said point blank, the guy's a center fielder. Um, and we, we know about the athleticism uh, and the power from his bat. 
we've seen we saw him punch out again. Well, did he get that punch out from right or was that the yes, he did. He had the yeah, yeah, he had yeah, the yeah. hose. Yeah, it was yeah. Dylan Drawling that also had an amazing throw, beat the runner, but the tag didn't get there. So they're they're in pretty good shape uh defensively. And uh KT flashed the ability to to cover center. Uh that like you said, I, I totally agree. I think that's your guy in center, if not Inslee. And then however else you want to do it, whether it's Dylan drawing and left or right, Dylan's shown the ability to cover both corner spots. Uh, and then you can have Villeneuve, Bargo um, out, out there as well to cover and, and be a productive bat in the lineup. And then one interesting note, um, obviously Dean Curley had a good weekend and he got hit in the head today, hit in the helmet. Um, hope the guy's okay. Uh, yeah. No update really. You know, Tony's not going to give a concussion update right after the game. Right. But, um, you know, so whether it is a concussion or, or not, the guy got – I mean, that that was probably the hardest throw. The stadium gun, I think, read 89. That was probably the hardest throw from Albany all weekend, and it wound up hitting Dean Curley's helmet. So hopefully he's okay. Uh, don't know anything he was about that. Yeah, he's having a really good weekend too. You know, I somebody uh, I saw somebody on social media said we found ourselves a shortstop. Well, we knew he was there. It was just just a matter of getting him on the field, and we saw it, uh, this weekend what he's capable of at that position. Oh, uh, he is just he looks amazing stepping off the bus, but um, it's a very big power bat, uh, pull side power like crazy. It will be interesting to see as he develops being able to use all fields. Um, in terms of being in the box, and then looks pretty comfortable at short. He's that long, lean, powerful frame. Kind of reminds me the way he's built. Kind of reminds me of Corey Seager. Um, and man, there's lots and lots of potential there for Curly. You have right. to wonder. You know, he's a California kid. Uh, he was number six rated shortstop coming out of California, and that's that's some fertile grounds out there for, for baseball players. So you have to wonder if, you know, that, you know, he, he was in line to get selected. I'm sure he would have been if the number was right at some of those later rounds or something like that. But this guy has massive potential. Um, can't wait to see him produce um, as the season goes along, but yeah, I feel a lot better about the lineup and about the bats than this time last weekend. We'll see what uh, they can do against High Point. Uh, don't I, I don't expect Curly to to play that game probably uh, because of the the situation that happened today. But uh, High Point, man. Speaking of them, Bill, you you watched a little bit of them in that game against Ole Miss. Uh, they took down the Rebels seven to three. Now today's a different story, but yeah. but yeah. to to beat the Rebels on a Friday night, that's that's pretty impressive. They're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, and like like we've talked about before, they're one of those mid majors that has a really good Friday night pitcher. If he's on the mound, they've got a chance to beat you know pretty much anybody, as we saw when they beat Ole Miss on Friday night yesterday. Ole Miss came back and and beat them, and then today it was twenty five to one in the fifth inning or something like that. Ole Miss was uh, bats were had woken up, but. That being said, you know, High Point's one of those teams that you can't look past. You know, you got to be ready to play. Yeah, and that Friday night game, High Point was up seven to nothing, or excuse me, uh, they were up five to nothing going into the bottom of the sixth. Okay. So ended up winning seven to three, 
and it was Wozniak, the pitcher that you're talking about, Brett Wozniak, five and a third, got the win. Uh, You know, he seemed to manage the game well, only one earned run for his outing. He went 88 pitches. I know you said they used a bunch of guys today in that, I don't know if it's over yet, but like you said, 25 to one was the last (laughs) score update that we got. So I would expect him to go. I don't know how long uh, he would go, but yeah, I'm with you. I expect him to start this game. Yeah. And they're, they're just like, you know, they've still got a couple of weeks before they start their, their uh, conference play as well. So, you know, know, those kind of guys want to pitch and see how, how they want to pitch against the best competition. So I I would expect him to, uh, try to give it a go and uh, pitch at least an, uh, an inning or two uh, against Tennessee on Tuesday night. Yeah, well, the Vols come away uh, unscathed. They get the sweep at LNS opening weekend. I was impressed with the crowd. I think today I didn't see officially if they posted it, but I think it was the second largest crowd ever. I think it was a shade over 5,000. So uh, love seeing the people out today uh, and really the whole weekend. That uh, that new left side, man, it 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 helps create enough room for people to fill out and spread out. You got two standing room only uh, sections now behind the stands, uh, behind the rows of people. So uh, I really can't wait to see SEC opening weekend and what that looks like. Oh, it should be incredible. Of course, we've got Illinois the weekend before leading up. So you know, I expect that weekend to be pretty big as well with a you know, a, a, a Big Ten team coming in, but but you're right. It's it, the stadium's just spectacular. One thing I'm interested in 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 learning with the enclosure on the left side now, and of course the wind most of the time comes from that right side, and that's the only place really it can get into the stadium is over the bullpen in right field down there. How is that going to affect the wind in in Lindsey Nelson Stadium? That's that's a good point because this time of year, early spring, you get the now past couple of days have been a little bit different because if it does blow out, it blows out uh towards the river. A little bit of a you know, if you're a poolside righty, you're in good shape. Uh, but most of the time, 90% of the time, it's gonna blow hard towards Anderson training, hard east. So coming coming from that direction from the outfield, like you said, that'll that will be interesting. Yeah, and you know, because it's the the wind's going to have some resistance now on that left side. So, are we going to see swirling winds in the stadium? That's yeah, all that's all that's yet to be determined with the new configuration of the ballpark. Yeah, well, can't wait to see how it unfolds. I'm impressed with the crowd and the vibes at Lindsey Nelson up to this point. The Vols are seven and one. Uh, and Albany, I'll be honest, Albany had a couple of players uh, that I really liked. Uh, defensively, there was a couple of players that was a third baseman and the right fielder, right fielder had a hose. Um, and they were a little bit better than I expected. I got to give them credit. Really didn't know what they were going to have coming in, obviously, opening their season. And those Northeastern teams, just it's it's a different world for them because – if they get out, I know there there have been teams come south to play who haven't even been able to get outside at yeah. all until they step on a game field. So you know it's it's hard to know coming in. But I, I agree with you. The leadoff hitter I thought for Albany was a really good athlete. Uh, he put put the ball in play and uh, uh, looked like he could he could play at a higher level you know, than than what he was. But but yeah, they had some good athletes. Uh, 
pitching wasn't their strength, but, you know, you could look at the returners from last year. They had a high team ERA last year, brought in a new pitching coach to try to fix that. So didn't think we were going to get really good pitching from them, but I thought they were very, they had some very competitive at-bats, especially in the Saturday game. They they had some very, very good at-bats Saturday. Yeah, and, and that's why you mentioned this was their first series. Uh, yeah. And so that's why we didn't see the run rule the first two days, uh, but we – we see it today, obviously, getaway day. Um, now they've got a 12-hour drive to, to get home. <laughs> man, man, and shout out to the fans and the, the family that came down because there was there's quite a bit of purple, uh, more than I expected, and long haul, such a long haul for those folks to come down. Hope they had a great time on Rocky Top. We look, we look ahead to, to High Point, another purple team on Tuesday night. Bill, you're going to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. I will cover – next weekend series against Bowling Green and we will try to uh we'll get a podcast up either before or after the series uh but for now Vols seven and one rolling into the new week Bill any parting thoughts or shots before we depart Bowling Green has wins over Memphis and Middle Tennessee State already so Bowling Green uh uh on paper they look to be a pretty decent team uh, uh they lost both of those series but they have wins over those two and uh uh, again, another team coming from the Midwest that hasn't been a hasn't had a lot of time outside, but um, you know, I'm sure they're going to be itching to uh, come out and play when they get here this weekend. Well, we'll be ready to talk about it, whether it's a preview or a recap. Uh, that's it for me. Signing off is Logan Quentin, Bill Monnet. Go check us out. Download the Fan Run app. And, and by the way, uh, with, with two Braves fans sitting here, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention if you haven't heard. Uh, Fan Run Radio is now part of the Braves Radio Network. Can't wait to be able to listen to some of those Braves Radio Network games here on the Fan Run Airwaves. What yeah, what yeah. a moment here, Bill! It, it it's it's yeah, kind of being, being the old radio guy that I am. I am really excited. Baseball is a game. It's just it's tradition of listening to a game on the radio. Is yep. you know, if you're an old guy like me, there's nothing like it. And if you're a semi-young guy like me, I, I still crave it as well. Nothing like listening to a baseball game on the radio on your back porch, uh, maybe driving down the road with your windows down in, in the on a cool summer night. Uh, can't wait for that. And spring training is underway. The vol season is underway. We will be back with you guys to talk about the Bowling Green series next time. Thanks for joining us.